Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. If someone asks you how your day was, or kids, when your parents ask you how was your day at school, you don't give one-word answers, right, kids? No. Why? Well, <laughs> the parents are now laughing. They shouldn't give you one-word answers because my wife, your parents, they want to know why your day was good. They want to know what happened that made it good. Uh, she wants to know how it happened. She wants to know how I felt when it happened. What she wants is she wants a story, right? And if you think about it, when it really comes down to it, we all want a story. We all connect with stories, whether it's um, something simple like on your way to work, you witness a car crash. What do you want to do? The first thing you want to do is tell somebody about it. Or if something funny happens to you at work, the first thing I want to do is call my wife or text her about it. We want to share stories. I don't know. I'm, I'm in Notre Dame country here, right? Everyone wants to tell the story of what happened yesterday. Anyone? Notre, there we go. Notre Dame fans? Yes. That game was awesome. It was tragic in a sense because the, their starting quarterback went down. Went down at the worst possible time in that game. But this unknown guy comes in, steps in, and leads the team to victory at a last-second touchdown pass. It was amazing. What's the, what do I want to do? That prompts a response in me that I want to share this story. I want to tell people. Notre Dame, man, they were, they were done for. They were down by a touchdown. They had their backup quarterback in. They had, I don't even know how long to go, yards and yards to go. And he throws this amazing, perfect strike, touchdown pass, and they win. That's exciting. That's a story we connect with, right? Um, and this morning we're kicking off a series on, on communication. And what I want to talk about today is the power of stories, specifically the power of, of testimonies of what God has done in our lives and and sharing those stories stewarding those stories, protecting those stories. Um, but we all connect with stories. We all love stories, whether it's, with, whether it's reading a blog or um, reading your favorite magazine or watching a movie or a, reading a book. Um, even commercials tell stories, right? So everything is all, all about stories. Our, our brains are actually hardwired um, for stories. And because I'm a nerd, I read a scientific article on the effect of storytelling on the brain. And it was fascinating to me. Hopefully it will be fascinating to you as well. But one group was told a bunch of facts. And parts of their brain lit up. Parts of their brain were engaged with what was being told to them. The group was also told a story after that. And what they found was, for most participants in this study, that the entire brain lit up. The entire brain was engaged with the story. And what this article kind of um, concluded was that stories have the ability to cause us to remember facts better. We connect more with stories, right? We remember those things better. It, stories impact the learning process. We learn more through stories. Um, Decision-making is affected more through stories than a list of, of rules or how to do things, right? This makes sense to us, yes? Yes. Um, so the, the main point I want to make today um, about the power of story is that we need to be, as Christians, as the church, as followers of Christ, we need to be faithful um, tellers and stewards of story, and for three reasons. The first is that stories cause us to remember. They cause us to remember the goodness 
of God in our lives. And, you know, I'm sorry, I don't know your name. You, you, you came up and you shared your story. That was amazing. Perfect timing that, that she shared her story this morning, her testimony. They cause us to remember um, those truths. And she'll be able to reflect on that story um, and remember God's faithfulness, God's goodness. Number two, stories, they reveal truth. They reveal, they reveal truth about who God is. They reveal truth about the world around us. They reveal truth about uh, the human condition. And finally, stories, they require a response. The most powerful stories demand a response. And the, and the most powerful stories actually have the power to change us. The text that we're looking at this morning is Joshua chapter 3 and 4, and it's a big section of text, so I'm just going to kind of set the scene for you and then read a little bit from it. Um, Joshua is leading the nation of Israel toward the promised land, and they, they had spent 40 years wandering in the, the wilderness, and they're getting close to the promised land, but one thing stands in their way, and that's the Jordan River, and it is at flood stage. There is no crossing it. But God tells Joshua to have the priests who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant to step into the water. And they do so. They step into the water and the river stops flowing and the entire nation is able to cross on dry land. A miracle has happened. And when everyone has crossed, God has um, Joshua do another thing. He, he, he has him appoint one person from each tribe to go back to the riverbed and to bring stones there and build a monument. And this is what Joshua says after they build this monument. And I think uh, it'll, it'll show us some of these points that we're looking at today. Joshua says, In the future, when your descendants ask their father, what do these stones mean, tell them. Israel crossed the Jordan on dry land, for the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan just what He had done to the Red Sea when He dried it up before us until we had crossed over. Here, Joshua is picking up on a huge point that this monument reminds them of a story and this story causes them to remember something that God had done. To remember the goodness of God. And that's point number one. Joshua continues and he says, um, He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. Point number two is that this story, when they are faithful to share it, faithful to steward it, it reveals truth to God's people. All the peoples of the earth might know that the Lord is powerful. That's point number two, is that, that stories reveal truth about who God is, the world around us. And then Joshua says, so that you may always fear the Lord. That's point number three. This story, if, it, if they continue to share it and people believe it, it requires a response. It demands a response that they must fear the Lord. They have to change the way that they live. Having known this story, having heard that, that the Lord caused the, 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 the river to stop rushing and that they could cross on dry land, that tells me about something who God is and it, and it makes me want to fear Him to follow Him with everything that I have. Right? So those are the three points, and we're going to unpack it a little bit. Is this good so far? Is this making sense? Awesome. First point being to remember. And Joshua had these stones put in the, the dry 
riverbed, right? And He did that for a reason. In the future, when the, the river is at is low and is enduring seasons of drought, they'll see this monument. And this monument will testify of the Lord's faithfulness. Will testify of the time where there was no way, but God made a way. Yeah. Right? And this is super profound. Because for us, it's the same thing. When we are going through struggles in life, when we're going through a season of drought, that is when we need to remember when God came through. When we need to remember the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God. That is the power of stories why we need to continue to share them and we need to protect them. Making sense? Yes? Awesome. This is a, this is a people that had seen miracles before. Israel had seen miracles. They saw the Lord miraculously deliver them from Egypt. These weren't little small miracles either. Turning water into blood. Sending locusts, frogs, hailstorms. They saw the Lord part the Red Sea. The Lord promised that they would deliver them to the, the promised land. But then things got hard. Things got hard and they forgot the stories of how God delivered them. They forgot the stories of God's goodness, God's faithfulness, His power. And things got hard. They went, they got to the point where they were ready to go into the promised land. But that just looked too, too hard. These people that they had to, to, to invade, to attack, were pretty big. They were stronger than they were. God said, do it. But they didn't believe Him. They didn't trust in His power. They forgot the stories of God's goodness and His power. Where was the peop, where were the people that were stewarding the stories? Why didn't someone stand up? And say, remember when God did this? And, and you know, there was, there was Caleb and, and those that tried to, to remind them, but we need to collectively as a people remember the stories of God's faithfulness, right? And because of this, because they weren't obedient to God, they spent 40 years wandering in the desert because they forgot these stories in part. Um, but this time, going back to our story about Joshua, Joshua says, let's not have short-term memory loss this time. Right? We're going to build a monument so we don't forget. We won't forget this story. I think that's also significant that we need to record our stories. We need to build these monuments in our lives. When God does something good, we should journal about it. We should share it with people. Right? Something powerful about recording it so so we're quick to remember. And if you think about it, the rest of the Old Testament is really about Israel and God's people battling this memory loss. Right? They, they, they remember the stories of God and His faithfulness. They remember how good He is. And, and they prosper. But when they forget how powerful their God is, how good He is, how, how He cares about them, that's when they set themselves up for failure, right? When, when Israel remembered the stories that told them who they are, where they had come from, and who their God was, they were prospering. But when the people of God quit telling these stories, they no longer understood who they were, how powerful their God was, and they were setting themselves up for failure. It's really the same way for us. When we remember the amazing things that God has done in our lives, it produces thankfulness in us, and it produces faith in us. And thankfulness and faith are catalysts for growth in the kingdom of God. 
Um, just to kind of illustrate this point, I want to share a story from my life. Um, I went through a period of wandering in the wilderness. Um, my wilderness was the city of Niles, Michigan. Um, <laughs> nothing against the city of Niles is great. I'm, I like it. Um, what was difficult for me was at the time I was in a, a job that I felt like I wasn't appreciated and it was just a difficult job. Um, I also felt like the Lord was telling me to to live down in Niles, do this job, but also to stay connected with my home church in Kalamazoo. We didn't have New Day Vandalia yet. Um, and that was really tough for me because I felt like I was kind of being pulled between two homes, one down in Niles, one in Kalamazoo, and it was really, really a difficult time. And I remember feeling stuck. It was, a, I think it was about a three-year period that I was living in Niles and commuting back and forth from Kalamazoo quite a bit. And I remember thinking at one point that there is no way that I'm going to get out of this. There is no way. And when I said that to myself, there is no way, it reminded me of another time when I said the same thing. There's no way. Actually, multiple times. I, I, it took me back to when I was just a teenager. And I signed up to go on a mission trip to Mexico, didn't have the funds. God told me to do it. I did it. Started getting down to the wire, didn't have the money. Like, there's no way this is going to happen. The money came in. God was faithful. Remind me of times where in college I, I needed to, you know, those of you who are in college or have been to college, summers are important because you've got to make money to pay the college bills, pay the tuition bills. And this was around the time that the economy had tanked and it was hard to find work. There were times where it was just days before summer break and I really needed to have a job, needed to make some good money in order to afford college. And there is no way. There's no way I'll be able to find a job. But every time, usually just in the nick of time, God provided me with good, well-paying jobs. And I was able to remember that. I remember those moments where there is no way, but God made a way. And I'm not going to lie, there were times where it was very difficult in Niles and where I doubted a lot. A lot. But I still had this inner knowing that God is good, that He provides for me, um, that He makes a way when it seems like there is no way <clears throat> and three years, excuse me. <clears throat> and three years later, I did end up in Kalamazoo, where I felt like God wanted me to be with a great job, and He provided a way. And actually, I learned a lot, and that's a whole other story. But I learned a whole lot about my wilderness period through through this wilderness period in Nile. So it was really good. God knew what He was doing. Making sense? Awesome. See, my clicker's still working. Yes. Point number two. So that was number one that it causes us to remember the goodness of God, stories do. Number two, um, stories um, reveal to us truth about who God is and about the world around us. You can imagine this next, the, the next generation is coming to this monument and asking the significance of the monument, and they would be told this story. And this story revealed something true about who God was, right? That He's powerful, that He cares about His people. And their parents... The parents of these people that are coming to the monument could just tell, could just tell them about, you know, God is good, God is powerful. Those statements are important, but a story is so much more powerful because we connect with it. It makes it come to life, right? It's these truths come to life. We can tell our children, and we should tell our children, these definitive statements about God, that He's good, that He's powerful, that He loves you. These are, that's important to do, um, but it's also important to explain why and how. And we can even show stories in the Bible 
that illustrate it. But even then, there can be a little bit of a disconnect, right? One of the most powerful ways that you can communicate the character and the heart of God is through personal testimonies, things that God has done in your life. I remember I was a teenager, about to go to college, and my my mom gave me a gift before I went off to college. She gave me this leather-bound King James Bible from her time on the mission field. She and my, my dad were missionaries in the first year of their marriage in Mexico. And when she grabbed this Bible and gave it to me, all these memories came rushing back to her about um, what God did for them while they were in Mexico. And she told me these stories about you know, how they were robbed and God continued to provide for them uh, financially and, and, and protect their lives. Uh, she told me about how they struggled to just pay for things and that they were really very poor at that time, but, but God just provided just enough for them to continue to do ministry. Uh, she shared about uh, how it was difficult in the, you know, to have their first year of marriage in a foreign country and how that caused strain, but it also brought them closer together and brought unity. Um, she shared how they, had, they ate ground squirrel at one point and God miraculously kept them healthy. You know, these are, these are stories that, that made truths about God come to life for me. She could have given me some last-minute wisdom before I went out to college and said, God is good, God is faithful, He protects you. And maybe I'd believe her in my mind, but those stories really just captured my heart, right? And there's a difference, so that's important. My mom could have made definitive statements, but these stories made the truths come to life. And if you think about it, really the whole Bible is a story, right? It's this big meta-narrative. It's not just a guidebook like we want to call it sometimes. It's not a textbook. It's not a how-to book. Those are all somewhat true. But really, it's, it's a story that reveals the heart and character of God and what He is doing, what He has done in the world, right? Um, just another quick story to reveal this point or to illustrate this point. Um, I think I've shared with you guys before when I've been down here that um, a few years ago I went through a really tough time in my life where I lost three very close friends of mine in the period of about a year and a half. Um, All very sudden deaths. All of them were in their 20s and 30s. And it was just a very difficult time for me. And I remember at different points during that, that year and a half, being wanting to just kind of withdraw from God and just kind of pull away. And there was another part of me that wanted to just cry out to Him and lean into Him. And really what I figured out was that I had two options. I could do one or the other. I could, I could choose to withdraw from Him, to maybe blame Him, maybe blame myself, and just say, I'm done. Or I can choose to lean into Him. I can choose to press into Him, to seek Him out, to ask Him questions, to allow Him to lead me and guide me and comfort me. And because I was in an awesome community, people encouraged me to, to lean into God, and I did, and He got me through it. It was difficult. It was very hard. It's still very hard in a lot of ways. Um, but the comfort of God, the peace that, that, that goes beyond all understanding became real to me. Like, I should not be feeling at peace in this moment, but it overwhelmed me being in God's presence. And this revealed something that was true to me. It revealed, it made this truth about God being your peace, God being your strength when you are weak. It made it come to life for me because it actually happened to me. And then, now I can share this story with people and I have many times people who are going through difficult things and I could just 
I could tell them definitive statements, and that's good. God is God cares for you. He wants to help you. He's going to be your strength. But when I share with them, God did this for me. I was in a similar situation, and God came through for me. That carries a lot of weight, and it opens up their heart to be like to be more open, maybe to, for me to pray for them or to minister to them or to encourage them. Stories kind of do that for people. They break down walls, right? We might set up walls when we're in difficult places and people are trying to speak into your life. If you say, I've been there, the walls break down and it opens up opportunities for you to, to minister to them and for, for, for God to, to touch people's lives. And I've seen that through that story. Obviously, it was terrible what happened, but God has used it um, to encourage other people because I'm willing to share that story. Does that make sense? Okay. Good. Um, the final point is that stories require a response. They, the powerful stories, they demand a response from us. Again, going back to our story of Joshua, imagine future generations coming back, hearing the story about what God had done, revealing truth about God, reminding them of His goodness, all these things. And if they choose to believe this story, they say, I believe it. It requires them to be different. They can no longer be the same knowing that this is true. Some stories, the powerful stories, they have the power to change us. They say, you must be different because what you have heard. Knowing this now, you cannot be the same. Your life can no longer be the same now that you know this story. And it can be stories of good. It can be stories of evil. You know, it's like when you're at a, maybe at a conference or something, they show a, a video from a ministry and they, maybe it's a ministry that's working with a, in a war-torn region or something like that and they show images of these people struggling, maybe starving and they, they show interviews with these people and then maybe someone comes up and says, here's the work that we're doing in this country. And these type of videos, they, they tug at our heartstrings, right? They require some kind of response from us, whether it is where I choose to pray for that, that ministry or give to that ministry or maybe even give my life to that ministry. These stories have power and they connect with us. And when you combine that with the Holy Spirit in those moments, our lives can be forever changed. God uses stories to change us. I'm not saying that the stories themselves do it. I mean, they can impact us, but when the Holy Spirit comes in, in, involved with these stories, it can change our life, make us different people. Right. And because I'm a nerd, again, science backs this up. I find this fascinating. I read this scientific article that, that showed when people listen to an engaging story, it releases a hormone in their brain. It's called oxytocin. And this study found that the amount of oxytocin that's released in your brain predicts how much that person is willing to help others. What it finds is when you tell stories and this oxytocin is released, it causes that person to feel empathy, to want to get involved, to want to help, to want to change, to be different, to do something. We're wired that way. I think that's fascinating. God wired us that way, made us that way to respond to stories. That's why it's important that we share them. That's why it's important that we steward them and protect them as a church. And again, Oxytocin is a part of it, but again, when the Holy Spirit gets involved, that's when the real change happens. We'll get to that. Um, so, this makes sense though, right? When, when a story is shared with you, suddenly you are responsible for what you now know. 
Maybe you read a news story about human trafficking, the horrors of human trafficking, or you watch a documentary or something. What do you do with that? You have to respond in some way. Maybe you decide to pray about it. Maybe you decide to give money to an organization that's battling human trafficking. Or maybe it becomes your life work. I don't know, but you have to be a pretty hard-hearted person to, to, to read these type of stories and not want to do something or have your life changed in some way. Not every story turns into a crusade, nor should it, nor should it. But every story that we consume shapes us, shapes who we are. Maybe someone shares with you how God healed them from, from cancer miraculously, or some, maybe someone shares with you how they were provided for financially in the time of need. That prompts a response of praise in us, right? God is so good, and in light of knowing God's goodness for you, maybe I can believe that God's goodness is there for me too. When my mom shared with me that she was healed of fibromyalgia, she battled with fibromyalgia for years. And she kind of had a progressive healing. And when she was healed and she told me that story of her healing, that changed me, right? That made the, this idea that God is healer come to life for me. Maybe He can do the same thing for me when I'm sick, right? My buddy Sean told me about a time that he met a blind homeless man in downtown Kalamazoo. He uh, took him out to dinner, put him up in a motel for a few days, shared with him the gospel, powerful story and it changed me it made me think man sean's a normal everyday guy he's my friend maybe i can do stuff like that too right maybe i haven't yet (laughs) but it changed me to expect stuff like that when my um buddy in jail at the time he wrote me a letter about how he encountered god in his jail cell that changed me if he can encounter god in that place I can expect to encounter God every single day of my life. Sometimes these seemingly meaningless, small little stories can have great impacts if we let it. And obviously the greatest story ever told, the Gospel, demands the greatest response, right? If you've heard the Gospel that Jesus died, rose again to defeat sin and death, to forgive you of your sins, to offer you an eternal relationship with the Creator of the universe. And you choose to believe that, it demands, it demands a response. And it doesn't just demand that you change your life, become a better person. It demands that you give your entire life. That He becomes your Lord. And I think sometimes we're preaching a watered-down gospel of if you give your life to the Lord, He'll save you, and that's true. And then you'll become a different person, and your life will become better and more fulfilling, and these things are true. But really, what we need to be sharing is that the Gospel demands a response. It demands that, that, the, that Jesus become the Lord of your life. And that doesn't promise us that it'll be easy. There'll be times where it's hard, but it's fulfilling. It's worth every single minute. It's worth everything that you invest in it. That's the message of the Gospel. That's what, that's what changes you. That's the message that changes you when Jesus becomes king in your life. There I go preaching. Now I lost my point where I'm in my notes. 
If you believe that Jesus died and rose again, He's offering you eternal relationship with Him that demands you give Him your whole life. When we share our stories that reflect this message, when we share our stories that reflect the Gospel, it, it, has, it requires a response like that. If you share that you know, you were addicted to drugs and God pulled you out of it in your lowest point and He rescued you, set you free from addiction, the person who hears that story is given a few options. He can say, I don't believe that story. I don't believe that at all. Or they can say, credit it to something else. It's not God who did that to you. Or they can believe you. And if they believe you, it demands a response. They have to live differently having heard what happened to you. Absolutely. And if the Holy Spirit comes in, He will change that person. This making sense? Didn't really think about. I have a couple different options on how to close here. I'm just trying to think about which one I should do. I'm going to choose the shorter route to the end. How about that? We need to faithfully share and steward our stories for three reasons. Um, if I can remember them, they cause us to remember the goodness of God. They um, reveal truth about who God is, and they demand a response. And I think this is a timely word. It was timely for the people in Kalamazoo. It's timely for you guys here. I'm really glad that... I'm sorry, can you tell me your name? Melissa came up and shared her testimony. That was powerful. I needed to hear that today. I don't know about you guys, but I needed to hear that. I feel like sometimes Satan will hold us back from sharing our stories for a variety of reasons. One of the most common ones that I hear is that I would feel like I'm bragging if I'm sharing this story. That is a lie straight from the pit of hell. You're not bragging on yourself. You're bragging on the one that deserves that, the Lord. And the enemy works like that. He, he twists things and, 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 or causes us to feel fear and anxiety about sharing our story or whatever. However he does it, I'm here to tell you, just don't listen to that, that, those lies. Share your stories. That's how you. That's how the kingdom of God is advanced in a lot of, a lot of ways. If you think about it, I mean, the gospel itself is sharing the story of what God has done, and we can share stories in our lives that reflect that truth and draw people closer to Him. And that's what we want to do. So I encourage you. My, I guess my takeaway for this morning, if you take one thing home, is to share your stories here. Absolutely, encourage one another. It's so important. But then take those stories outside of these four walls. And share them with people at work. Share them with people on the street. Whoever you connect with, share these stories because they have the power to change us.